Every time. Uh, welcome to the Poltercast. Welcome. I'm uh, Tiffany Baxter. My name is Steele. And we're here to um, geese your bumps, or bump your geese. Whichever sounds less perverted. <laughs> Whichever sounds more perverted. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, welcome back. It's, our, it's, an, it's a regular episode. Yeah, we're going to tell some ghost stories. Yeah, mate. We're not uh, sat in front of the telly every time. No, um, we're sat telly adjacent. <laughs> yeah, we were just side of the TV. That's my oh, ooh, Telly adjacent. <laughs> hello, hello, my name is Telly adjacent. Um, <laughs> that's my drag name. Uh, so how have you been? Yeah, I've been alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? Um, been quite busy. My sister got married. Yeah. So that was rather lovely. Um, got married in a church. Cool. Um, no ghosts were around, although there was a graveyard. Mm. Well, there was probably ghosts around, but they were being... They were being polite. Yeah, well behaved. It's probably a highlight when you live in a graveyard. Yeah, it's probably like, you know, Ooh, free, a wedding today. free entertainment. Mm. Um, I'm sure they sneak a canapé away. So, <laughs> uh, and was that was that a classic wedding? What, what mm, classic wedding. <laughs> Top wedding. <laughs> Top wedding. Have you ever seen, four, have you ever seen uh, four weddings? The, like, come dine with me of weddings? No. It's horrible because it's not like uh the you know turkey was dry it was like the best day of your life wasn't up to my standards it's just four people going to each other's weddings and judging them it's really awful they win a honeymoon and i watched a long a long 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 time ago when she was but a footnote in the apprentice history i watched a celebrity foreigner beds with katie hopkins Oh no. So I've seen her wedding. Oh god. It was televised. And she had a cow at her wedding. Don't make any jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but she did have, she had like a very rural wedding. Oh, and everything like, smelled. That makes two then. <laughs> <laughs> um, everything felt, smelt very farmyard. You and... could smell her wedding food. <laughs> <laughs> but how would you describe her wedding? Smelly. <laughs> um, it surprised me. So. Sorry, I, I derailed I plead, your wedding I chat. My sister's wedding was neither smelly nor there weren't there were any cows present. There are some sheep in nearby fields. Then sheep are clean animals. Yeah. Um, no, it was really lovely. There were beautiful flowers everywhere. Um, it was then like the receptiony bit was in this um, old barn that's been like done up specially. Mm. Um, the fairy lights, quite magical. Oh, was the weather nice? Um, it was raining early in the morning but it cleared up thankfully mm. but the weather was nice the next day so we were quite salty about that <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to two wedding three weddings this year yeah. wow I know everyone it's that age yeah. everyone you know is getting married uh, but one of them is in Spain Ooh. which will be exciting because um, one of them is Spanish wow I wouldn't have thought that <laughs> do Spanish people get married 
send your answers into the podcast if you have any evidence of such things. Um, speaking of The Apprentice, the most quoted thing I've ever... Do you know the quote I'm going to say? I don't really watch The Apprentice anymore, but I think the last series I watched, there's a really funny challenge where they have to like find a product to sell to France. And they're in a warehouse looking through a product, and they're in the toy section. And one of them says, did the French love their children? (laughs) 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 They're like, "Mm, I don't know, let's do some market research. Just like, do you love your children? No. Um, Yeah, I've not made anything. I've gone 20 wings. You uh, don't think spooky? Um... (laughs) (laughs) Say loud. I watched What We Do in the Shadows. I still haven't seen that. I've been it's um, it's cute. It's nice. Well, it's also kind of dark. I was I was surprised how dark it was. Yeah, I didn't get that impression from like trailers and stuff. Saying no, it's still super funny, but they do like show them hunting and like, oh. killing people, <laughs> and that's like part of it, which I wasn't expecting. But it um, it was good. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Oh, it's a sequel. Yeah, Werewolves. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good title. They, they, in the in, in the um, film, they meet a bunch of werewolves. And it's like there's a lot of other non-vampire things in it. They go to a party and there's um, some zombies and uh, suck you by, and there's some witches as well. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they get the party invitation and they like go. Oh, it's on the 6th of July at 6pm. <laughs> um, it's cute. I like it. So, that's the spookiest thing I've done. Um, other than try and write my um, ghost stories of this episode, um, I have the tendency to write them late at night in bed, thinking like, oh, I just squeeze it in at the end of the day, and that's not the time to... <laughs> scrolling through paranormal websites and watching creepy clips and listening to voices. Um... But I believe it's me first today. Yes. Oh boy. Okay, so I I thought I would... The last one I did was the ghost children. It was in... the, yeah, the hide. Yeah. And the black eyed peas. <laughs> the black eyed peas. Did a whole segment about the horror that is... Uh, um, what's his name? Will I am will do. I wanted to name one of the more obscure peas. <laughs> well, can you name any of them? Because that's Fergie. It's Fergie, Will I am. Um, the long haired one. Um, He's called like Dangerous or something. He's a he's a running. That's why we Google uh... <laughs> Black Eyed Peas member. Welcome to the podcast. It's a supernatural podcast. Oh, taboo. Oh my god! Okay, so it's Will I Am, Fergie, Taboo, and Al Diap. Apple Diap. Apple Diap. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like, I was gonna say like, brap brap. Brap brap. Um, if you're listening, Black Eyed Peas, we miss you. Please return from the war. Okay. Um, also known boom, as the boom, voice. Was a bop. They had good videos. Yeah. Um, but it's it's ten years since two thousand eight. Oh. They're very two thousand eight. Very two thousand eight. Like that's a long time. Okay, um, so I did the black eyed children, and I felt like uh, detailing their murder was really depressing. And so I was like, next time I'm going to do something fun. <laughs> 
I have not. <laughs> um, so I'm calling mine after the quake, um, which is a oral subtle reference to a, 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 a Murakami book, because uh, mine is about Japanese ghosts, and it's about the um, post tsunami ghost boom. Here we go. So, um, in March 2011, a massive nine, uh, magnitude 9 earthquake hit Japan, causing a devastating tsunami that destroyed much of the country's eastern coast. Um, it also badly damaged the Fukushima nuclear power plant that went into one of the worst nuclear meltdowns in human history, poisoning the local environment for a while. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah. 18,000 people died. I didn't know that was the count. No, I was very shocked. Um, and many were left homeless and it rocked the country and will affect it for many years to yeah, come. Yeah, it's still a big, really big problem, isn't it? Yeah, it like puts a lot of things that happen in perspective of, you know, what we consider mm. big tragedies and stuff. Um, so the earthquake did have another effect. Very soon after the tragedy, a hugely increased spike in supernatural sightings occurred. Um, and here are some of them. So, uh, a major chunk of the cu- country in what is mostly the uh, Tohoku region um, is just like leveled and flat and people are still trying to kind of live in pockets of it, mm. but it's like whole towns are just wood and oh. junk. Mm. Um, but witnesses saw cues of translucent shapes lining up outside abandoned supermarkets amongst the rubble. Um, some people saw sulking figures by their wrecked homes. Um, some say they saw terrifying visions of ghostly figures frantically running inland, inland only to disappear. Um, and many claimed that they had been approached by lost friends or relatives who had come to say hello and then disappeared. One elderly woman from uh, Onagawa had the habit of showing up at a refugee camp, asking for tea, and sitting down, and this was long after she had been put on the list of the dead. (laughs) Um, She would disappear, leaving a wet patch of seawater. Similarly, in other refugee camps, many claimed that they saw figures of the dead walking around aimlessly during lights out. Um making noises and some claimed that sinister forces had pushed down on them as they lay awake at night mm. um one common sighting however affected the region's taxi drivers oh no yeah especially so i i i knew about like japanese ghost taxi folklore yeah and that was like that sounds fun and that's why i googled it and then i found all of this and was like oh, eighteen thousand people died in the backstory of mine Love about a ghost taxi. Yeah, so um, this happened especially in the city of Ishinomaki, which lost 6,000 people, many of whom's bodies were never found. Um, one driver described how he picked up a young woman a couple of months after, after the disaster who had wished to go from the Ishinomaki station to the Minimamama district. I'm trying to be good. Um, an area that had been thoroughly, completely erased by the tsunami. When the driver told the woman that there was nothing left there, she sighed, looked down, and said, Have I died? before dematerialising. 
Many other drivers in the area reported similar experiences of picking up passengers only for them to vanish during the drive. Or, um, and in every one of these cases, the drivers had been convinced that they were carrying a living, breathing person. In one case, a passenger gave specific instructions how to get to their house, but when it was discovered it had been completely leveled, they turned around and the passenger had disappeared. Interestingly, none of them reported having felt any sense of fear at the time, most likely because they were convinced they were transporting real people. Um, And a lot of the uh, phantoms had been quite young people. Um, The phenomena of the phantom taxi is uh, an issue... Nomaki, was studied by researcher Yuka Kuda, Kudo, um, a senior at Tohoku Gakuin, I'm very sorry, Gakuin uh, University, um, who is a major in uh, sociology, um, who as part of a graduation thesis interviewed a hundred taxi drivers about an unusual experience they had had in the aftermath of the disaster, seven of which came forth with their ghostly encounters showing their logs where they had started the meter of a passenger only for it to become an unpaid fare when the ghost had vanished. One of the drivers says, It was not strange to see a ghost here. If I encounter a ghost again, I will accept them as my passenger. Oh, that's very... Yeah. They felt that they were taking them on a journey of, like, unfinished business. Yes. So they were happy to do so. That's quite quite sweet. Yeah. Um, Maybe this is actually a sweet story in disguise. Um, other ghostly tales plagued the era for some time. Offices, homes, and shops were said to be haunted by and frequented by the dead. Emergency services, who were in overdrive trying to provide relief to the survivors, reported being called to locations that had long been abandoned or destroyed, with no one even sure how anyone could have made a call from the spot in the first place. People all over the area frequently complained of having ghosts causing mischief in their homes or sudden appearances that startled or frightened them. Um, even more frightening are accounts of when uh, what can only be called spiritual possessions possession um, by the bitter or restless dead, um, with many people uh, getting Buddhist and Shinto priests to perform exorcisms in the area. Um, one such Buddhist exorcist by the name of uh, Taui Kanada ended up travelling the coast with a group of other priests in the aftermath of the tragedy to deal with such disturbances. One of these encounters concerned a local builder um, referred to as Ono, which is a fake name. Um, (laughs) It's not a fake name, but it's a pseudonym. Um, Ono's story begins in his hometown of Kirihara, which lies about 30 miles inland from where the tsunami hit. At the time of the disaster, Ono was fortunate enough to not be uh, hit hard, um, although the quake had been frightening, um, but viewing the whole thing mostly as others did on the news. Um, he was intrigued by the horrific display of nature's might. That's a copy paste. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, happening so close to him that he decided that he and his family would take a day trip to see the disaster. Um, which was about yeah, which is about ten days after it happened. Hmm. Um, as they drew closer and closer to the tsunami ravaged coast, the um, scenery abruptly changed from familiar forest trees and hills to that of complete devastation. 
It was not after. It's not long after his arrival in the disaster area that things began to go strange for Ono. It began with a strong compulsion to call everyone he knew and ask if they were okay. After which he apparently had gone down on all fours to begin licking furniture, um, and other trash that had washed up on the streets. Um, and then he started snarling, you must die, you must die, everyone must die, everything must die and be lost. Erno had then apparently run out into a field and began rolling around in the mud as he proclaimed, they're over there, they're all over there, look, I'm coming to you, I'm coming over to that side. It had finally taken his own wife to drag him inside when he continued to madly rant and writhe like an insane person until 5am before exclaiming that had... Um, for exclaiming that there was someone on top of him and it was all going quiet. The next morning, Ono's distraught wife demanded a divorce and he claimed he had no memory of doing any of that. Um, the oddness would continue. The following night, Ono claimed that he could see shadowy figures walking past in front outside of his house. He said, They were covered in mud. They were no more than 20 feet away and they stared at me, but it wasn't. I wasn't afraid. I just thought, Why are they all in muddy. Sorry. Why are those people all in muddy clothes? Can't they change their clothes? Perhaps, they're, perhaps their washing machine's broken. Um, they were like people I might have known once or seen before somewhere. Um, they flickered in and out like a bad film. But I felt perfectly. But it felt perfectly normal and I felt like they were just ordinary people. Oh, this, you know, people flickering into yeah. like <laughs> In the following days, um, Ono would go through spells of crippling lethargy, punctuated by bouts of intense energy, which deeply disturbed those around him. Even more disturbing were his sudden violent outbursts, during which he would wave a knife at his family and blurt out, drop dead, everyone else drop dead. Um, this was perhaps the last straw, and Ono was brought to... Uh, Kenida's temple, the aforementioned Buddhist monk, uh, exorcist priest. Um, he has it all. Yeah. <laughs> Kenida, uh, monk, priest, exorcist on his business card. <laughs> um, the priest immediately knew that this was a broken man and there was something deeply wrong with him. After an intense session of prayers and rituals, Ono claimed that whatever presence had been lurking within him had suddenly vacated the body and that he was now free. Further discussion with the priest illuminated that uh, what he believed had caused the paranormal incident in the first place. Um, Canada said, Ono told me that he'd been walking along the beach in the devastated area eating an ice cream. <laughs> Let's get ice cream, kids. He even put up a sign on his car in the windscreen saying, Disaster Relief, so that no one would stop him. Um, he went there flippantly without giving it any thought at all. I told him, you fool, if you go to a place where many people have died, you must go with a feeling of respect. That's common sense. You have suffered a kind of punishment for what you did. Something got hold of you, perhaps the dead who cannot accept they are dead yet, and have been trying to express their regret and resentment through you. The priest, Canada, reported having um, had many brushes with unexplained uh, spirits. He claimed that there were countless reports from uh, startled individuals being haunted by ghosts in the area, some of which were reported even years after the actual disaster. In one instance, two and a half years after the tsunami, Canada claimed that he was visited by a 25-year-old woman called Runiko. The woman complained of things entering her and have, having a sudden, nearly uncontrollable urge to kill herself. 
She said that she was being inhabited by spirits coming into her from a place deep below. Um, Canada uh, was unable to assert what was wrong with Rumiko. Canada claimed that Rumiko was uh, infested by 25 spirits. Um, one was a middle-aged man who wanted to know where his daughter Kayori was. Um, he claimed that he had been by the sea during the earthquake um, and that the wave had uh, swept her away. Um, this particular script, spirit was described by being very agitated and intense, um, especially when Canada asked him uh, about his daughter. My notes are a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, when in Canada instructs the spirit to come towards the light, it is said to have, uh, to have replied, but the light is so small. There are bodies all around me and I can't reach them. And who are you anyway? Who are you to lead me to the light? After several hours of convincing the stubborn ghost, it was finally convinced to leave the world behind. Other ghosts alleged to have inhabited the poor Rumoko were a man who had committed suicide after learning of his family dying in the tsunami, another one who um, just wanted to join his dead relatives, um, an old man who wanted to communicate with his wife who had survived the disaster, um, and the rest had been children. Oh, God. It's awful. Rimiko claimed uh, that uh, she was also constantly surrounded by the spirits of barking dogs. Um, in one case, she was supposedly possessed by one of these dogs, scratching the floor and snarling like an animal. Eventually, with Canada's help, Rimiko was reportedly able to exert some control over these intrusive entities, after which she moved away from her husband and wasn't heard from ever again. That's not... Um... <laughs> Dealing with it. No. Other similar exor exorcists, um, stalk other exorcists walked around the region, including a 56-year-old woman named uh, Kensho uh, Aizawa, um, who said of the myriad of ghost hauntings, there are headless ghosts, some of them missing hands, others are completely cut in half. Uh, people were killed in so many different ways during the disaster, and they were left in a sort of limbo. So it takes a heavy toll on us when we see um, them as they were when they died. Um, so the cause of all this paranormal strangeness depends widely on who you ask. <laughs> um, I think it's fair to say that many, many people, when 18,000 people die, mm. um, suffer from PTSD and other such kind of yeah. reactions and it can come out in many different trauma. ways especially in a fairly superstitious yeah. country um but obviously if we are to believe in ghosts <laughs> uh, if we are to talk about ghost stories certain things like the taxis yeah people are processing it in different ways so i i think the possession stuff I can see why maybe someone on the edge of something goes off to see the disaster, thinking yeah. it's going to be quite flippant, and then, like, kind of the moment you suddenly realise, like, how this place used to be a town. Yeah, it's too much, and yeah. it overwhelms it. Um, and, you know, the world is flawed of its fair share of people who want to profit off and such yeah. things. But, um... It's just interesting to me that, like, the aftermath of things like that you don't think about and how the, like, spike of supernatural yeah. 
the variety of things people are saying. Yeah, it's not just people saying, oh, like, they just say, like, guys walking along or something. It's mm. quite varied. Yeah, so... I wanted to do a fun story about taxi ghosts because that's a that is a phenomenon. There's actually um, some footage of a I don't think it's related, but it is in Japan. It's from fairly recent um, of a guy getting into a car, into a, a man getting into the back of a taxi. But as he does, like another shape goes in with him, uh. and you can like see it on the footage and. It's like a classic Japanese ghost. It's like black hair and everything. <laughs> but it kind of like just moves out of nowhere and like comes into the car with him. And I think, um, I think there's a bit in the film Pompoko, <laughs> the like Studio Ghibli film about raccoons, where they try and haunt a taxi driver in the same similar way. I think it's just like a folklore story yeah. that always comes back. Um, so again, I try to do something fun, but it ends up being miserable. But that's the that's the show. So yeah, that was the ghost story. I enjoyed that in a sad way. Yeah, I need to um. That man, so he just went to the disaster area with an ice cream. Yeah, and he was like so. But I think he must have been a bit. He was a bit of a jerk. Odd. Well, also I think just detached from it. You can see yeah. things on the news. Like, we, when we found, when I said that 18,000 people had died, like, I can't put that in my head. No, but I wouldn't sort of think, oh, I'll go and walk that happened... along the coast where people will just die just my 99th lake. Like... Yeah. Like, 2011 doesn't seem very long ago, and I don't remember this happening. Like, I remember this happening. Yeah. But I don't remember it to be, to, like, if this happened to our country... It would still be on the news, like, daily. Yeah. Like, I can't believe something so big happened and, like, it wasn't reported in the way it kind of should have been, maybe. Mm. But, oh well, that's the world. Bad. Bad. <laughs> the world. Sorry. That, Sorry, everyone. That's the world. Bad. In review, bad. <laughs> would not recommend. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Are you ready for mine? I'm always ready. My one's title, as I alluded to prior to recording, on our, on our way here, is about a hungry ghost. Remember that, listeners, when uh, Tiff was walking to my house yeah. and talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> that sweet reference? Yeah. That's about a hungry ghost. Yeah. Her name is... It's the story of Hungry Lucy. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Green. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hung, the, the hungry ghost catching fire. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Can the ghost catch on fire? Let's find out. Let's do some experiments. A willow wisp. That's what it's called. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. Okay. So in 1965, the actress June Havoc, who was the sister of Gypsy Rose Lee, mm-hmm. um, she called paranormal investigator Hans Holzer. I don't know if you've heard of him. Apparently... He's done quite a lot, but I haven't heard him before. No, I haven't. Because I found this, this is all basically from his own book, which is very um, imaginatively called Ghosts. (laughs) 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 Like, um, he's got, it's like, he's he's done like loads of investigations and stuff himself, and he's just got loads and loads of these books. Mm -hmm. And he's written, so yeah, this is from one of the early ones. Anyway, her home is in Hell's Kitchen, New York. 
Jean had just bought the Victorian house and rented out the upper floors to tenants while taking the downstairs flat for herself, even though no previous tenant had ever renewed the lease on the downstairs one. Oh, okay. Um, she didn't think that was a bit odd or anything. Um, but then June complained that she appeared to have a noisy ghost in her home. There, uh, the tapping started soft, uh, softly and she had an architect, the plumber and the carpenter all come to investigate to see if it was just like dodgy pipes or mm-hmm. anything like that. But they couldn't find anything wrong with the building itself. And um, June, her maid, and guests had all heard this tapping noise from all on one spot in the kitchen on the wood floor. Because um, it was only like a small flat, so the spot in the kitchen led right through to her bedroom. And it was something happened sleeping, which was not on. <laughs> um, well, she's, an, you know, she's an actress and stage star. She's, There's she's, nothing worse than a she, noisy flatmate. She needs her beauty sleep. Yeah. So um, someone who called Gail, who was in PR, apparently who obviously she knew or something, and also knew Holzer who um through his work because he had got rid of a poltergeist of his Gail, mm-hmm. contacted him and was like, My mate June has a ghost, can you come and have a look? So um they've arrived one day in nineteen sixty five and they were being shown around the flat and the loud tapping started. And, it sound, and according to Holzer, it sounded like someone had shot off a machine gun. Um, when Holzer asked what they wanted, the tapping stopped. Okay. Uh, not long after, New York Post columnist Al Wilson and his wife, and then Gail, who is, um, as I said, a, had become a sort of ghost finder herself, as well as being in PR, all arrived, and Sybil Leake, who is a British medium, and who Holes invited came along and uh, they were going to do a seance to try and get the ball this. What kind of snacks do you provide for such a meeting? <laughs> Party rings. <laughs> <laughs> Iced gems. <laughs> Twiglets. Not just, so much. I just, <laughs> it's just it's details. These are the things I need to know. They didn't, they didn't say I'm sorry. <laughs> what snacks were there? <laughs> so okay. some things seem to be 60, isn't it? No one. Um, pineapple on a stick. Yeah. So they're sat there in the kitchen with their pineapple cubes on the stick. Yeah. And um, they made a point of saying that like Sybil hadn't been told anything about actually what she was walking into or anything, so she couldn't do any like background research or anything. So she was a blank slate, according to them. Mm-hmm. All she was told was that they had a noisy ghost. So uh, Sybil sat down in the chair near the spot where the noise is always coming from. And soon after, she went under. So now I've got quite like a transcript of a little com- combo. Oh, yes. Ghost via Sybilgram and <laughs> Holzer. So, hungry, she mumbled. Why are you hungry? Holzer asked. No food, she replied. Fair. The definition. <laughs> Sybil's usually calm voice became desperate. I want some food! Some food! She asked for food again until she was asked who she was. <laughs> Lucy Ryan. Do you live in this house? No house here. How long have you been here? A long time. What year is this? 1792. Oh. Well, that's wrong. It's 1965. There you go. What, 
What do you do in this house? No house. People. Fields. Why are you here? What is there here for you? This is quite funny. <laughs> uh, the, the ghost Minnie snorted and, and went, hmm, men. <laughs> <laughs> Queen. <laughs> Hungry Lucy is, I think, the, my favourite ghost that we've met so far. <laughs> Thirsty Lucy. Um, who brought you here? Came, people, sent us away. Soldiers, she was sent away. What army? Which regiment? Napier. How old are you? Twenty. Where are you born? Hawthorne. Not very far away from here. What's your father's name? Silence. She, I bet she doesn't know her dad's name. Well, she's actually being very um. She's being quiet. Informative. Yeah. In 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 the in the history of this podcast, we have met many a possessed ghost who does not answer things very directly. So Holes asked her her mum's name and she had no answer again and she couldn't remember if she'd been baptised or not either. So all she did was ask for food, again explaining that's why she was still there. The conversation continues. <laughs> this is so me, my unfinished business, being hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a pizza and then I'll be good. So Holes says, have you tried to communicate with anyone in this house? Nobody listens. I listen to you, Lucy. How, how are you trying to make them listen? I make noise because I want food. I now know what kinning is. <laughs> Why do you stay in, in one area? Why don't you move around more freely? I can't. Can't go away. Too many people. Soldiers. Where are your parents? Dead. What's your mother's n- name? May. Her maiden name? Don't know. Your father's first name? Terry. <laughs> Excuse my sniffing. Um, were any of your family in the army? Only me. I think she was, must have been one of those camp followers. Mm. Or something like that. Um, tell me the names of some of the officers in the army you knew. Alfred. Any rank? No rank. What regiment did you follow? Just just this... Oh, just this Alfred. And he left you. Men. Men. Stick <laughs> with food. Yes, I went with some... I went with, I went with some, the men, then I was hungry and I came here. Why here? I was sent here. By whom? They made me come, picked me up. Men brought me here, put me down on the ground. Did you die on this spot? Die? Die? I'm not dead. I'm hungry. (laughs) This is why I eat all the time, because if I die, I do not want to be a hungry ghost. Holzer then says that Lucy refused to join her parents, but eventually seemed to peacefully leave Sybil. Sybil roused, remembering nothing of what had just occurred. Suddenly, it seemed Lucy was back, the tapping on the floorboards reverberating, but as quickly as it had restarted, it stopped again. When the group was sat down later, Sybil felt two presences, a girl and a man with either a stick or a gun. The girl, according to Sybil, was stronger and wanted something. 
food. <laughs> yeah, we know. She's a she has a, a strong desire. She's in charge of her destiny. Um, she pointed to the area the area tapping usually happened, asking what happened in the corner. They then brought out a Victorian wooden table, which, like the way it's described, I think it's kind of must be similar to a Ouija, Ouija board. Look at, spirit board. But some kind of spirit board, yeah. Yeah. They just said it's a Victorian wooden table, which I'm like. What is this, like antiques roadshow now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and they used it to ha- receive a message from the other side. Yeah. And they all like were sat around with their hands touching the table. And it's, you know, hanging out, I guess. I've seen enough films. And it tapped out L E A V E. <laughs> yes, everyone leaves. I did. I I I liked Lucy till I realised she was vote leave. <laughs> <laughs> start the campaign. They they cheated by sending people back to start yeah. the. No. This is not a political no, podcast. No. Good people voted leave. I know. Um, all the while, the table was moving violently around the room so much that they had to follow it to stay in contact. <laughs> 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 Maybe it's just like, I'm, okay, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I described, like, this table is, like, going all around the shop. Just bumping into things. That's yeah. fun. So, after the dramatic um, run around the kitchen and message for Brexit, um, they went out to the garden, and Sybil said she felt a tremendous urge to go there, even though she didn't even know that the, there was a garden before she mm. went and found it. Um just under their feet, which was adjacent to the basement wall, as in, because this was a basement flat, I guess, and so it was close to where the tapping would have come from. Um, she Sybil felt that was almost the cause of the disturbance. She thought a girl may be buried right beneath them, and uh, June then then pointed out that behind them, this wiry area, was where she had tried to plant seeds but nothing would ever grow there and Sybil suggested that if she planted them on top of the mound instead it might pacify the girl so I'm guessing she was like well if you plant some vegetables <laughs> she'll be she'll, <laughs> she'll have a snack if there's one thing I know about Lucy <laughs> she's hungry <laughs> she plants it there she can eat it and just leave you alone she's hungry you stole my jokes earlier Hamish oh I'm sorry um Understanding my own notes. Um, so I just write all go away, and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a short sentence. <laughs> that's a bit rude to write to myself. <laughs> but then I realised that they had literally all they went away. And mm-hmm. um, so the next day, Holzer checked up on June, and Hungry Lucy was now Hangry Lucy. Ah, sorry. Um, <laughs> and she was making even more noise than before, and for. For a few days, she moved from the kitchen to tapping right above June bed, June's bed. So Holzer decided to try and talk to Lucy again, and place Sybil in a trance in his own in his own house, and um, because according to him, it's possible to contact spirits away from their original haunting location, mm-hmm. um, if you previously had an initial séance to an established contact. So you kind of like loosen up a bit <laughs> <Loosen>. <laughs> when they're causing trouble. And then you can just, you know, call them wherever. 
I think he could have got rid of um, Lucy by just leaving like a trail of Toblerones <laughs> like segments out of the flat down the street. Um, he wasn't wrong. As in this instance, through Sybil, Lucy announced her return, saying, "This is quite creepy, but also quite funny." That's our. That's our. That's our Lucy. That's our podcast mantra. Mm-hmm. Tick tock, tickety tock. June's clock stops. June's clock stops. Mm. Still song. And then she carried on like singing on about clocks and got me as well. Another well. meandering conversation. Lucy told Holzer how she wanted June to go away since she was singing and dancing too much. And she was hungry and no one was doing anything about it. I mean... Can't get the help these days. <laughs> you'd, you should be like Father Christmas, just like leave out at night just a little tray of mince pies. Um, she didn't believe that he wanted to help her and that he wanted to reunite her with Alfred. Lucy went on to say how she couldn't leave because Alfred told her to wait for him. He said he would come. He said he would come for her at three a.m. in the morning while she was locked in, as she wasn't allowed out at night. Don't come for me. <laughs> Don't come for me, Argentina. Holzer <laughs> <laughs> um, repeated the phrase go to him with my love to her to try and send Lucy on her way to the other side and Sybil was brought to. Over the next few weeks, June observed that Lucy Ryan still hadn't left. She made noise less frequently, but now it was all around the house like she was pacing around, thinking. Um, So then, in late March 1965, the final seance took place. For some reason, they started in the front room but nothing happened, so they went back into the room they did before. Mm-hmm. Um, Sybil went in the trance again, but Lucy didn't show up this time. Alfred did. Oh, no. Now he wasn't leaving without her. <laughs> um, Sybil said that there are people everywhere falling down ill. The historical record did sh- show later that many in that regiment that was posted there had died of yellow fever. Um, they told Alfred to go, told Alfred to go, but he refused, angrily tipping the table around. Sybil, entranced, could smell the sickness and see dirty people, including soldiers, in rags. She could see a big house across the river, a Dr. Dawson's house, according to her, in the year of 1792. When asked about Lucy, how she became sick, she said, um, assuming as Alfred, she didn't, she didn't get on. She didn't get oh, she didn't get any food, and then she got cold by the river. Nobody helped them there, let them die, buried them in a pit. More names of soldiers in the regiment at the fire, like George Clinton, Lieutenant Richardson, Bur- Burgoyne Regiment, um, etc. Sybil Channing Alfred named um, during Holzer's questioning. The last thing before she was brought out of her trance, where she began hissing and whistling, saying signals. As the men go away, they whistle. Eventually, um, eventually the activity in J- June Havoc's home died down. Weird, <laughs> 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 weird pacing there. And um, it died down. Also suggested to her himself that her emotional attachment and her sympathy for Hungry Lucy could be prolonging 
like her visit basically because you still got mad at her ghost was still hanging about mm. and like because she wasn't being let go yeah still she wasn't getting her food yeah so um it seems that since the living residents eventually got over it so did the ghosts oh and I just hope that wherever Lucy is, she's having a slap-up meal. <laughs> she's getting her Nando's. Um, God, I think in the very first episode of the podcast, I said I wanted to haunt the like, ice, the ice cream section of Waitrose. <laughs> like, she's basically Slimer. She is. Mm. I'm sure she'd appreciate that comparison. <laughs> she's a Slimer's girlfriend in Housewives oh, yeah. <laughs> um... Chilling. <laughs> like a fridge. <laughs> oh, God. Um, steaming. No, that was lovely. Thank you. I love her. I think that's the my favourite, like, individual ghost. She just speaks to me. Ghost like, of interest. Yeah, that we've had so far. Usually they're quite tragic. And yeah. she's tragic. She's tragic. But, like... She died of yellow fever and hungry, I believe it. That's true. She probably was starving. I was thinking her more like, like I need crisps. <laughs> I mean, feed me. Feed me. <laughs> feed me. Maybe it was Maureen Lutman. <laughs> nice. Um, we're running quite uh, long, so. Should we save a. Save a ghost story, uh, a listener submission yeah, for next time, time, maybe? Yeah. Um, I don't know how long ours are next time. Um, well. Well, the next one will be medium, so we'll have So, come back next time where we'll have three chilling tales. One of them is dependent on how good the email we got is. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure so, but if you want to send in your stories, please do so at thepoltercast uh, at gmail.com. Um, and you can check out our Facebook group, which is just The Poltercast on Facebook, if you haven't been scared of um, <laughs> Cambridge Analytica. And nothing will scare you, and you'll uh, be right at, home. right at home in our spooky little house. Um, but that's where we put lots of supplementary yeah. materials. I lovingly troll through Google for images mm-hmm. that we did not take. <laughs> um, it's my dream to take a ghost photo. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at... Podcast. The podcast. Um, and, yeah, there's all, like, other links and things on contact with us mm-hmm. if you can't remember any of this um, then don't bother just enjoy our mm-hmm. podcast every fortnight um, I have been uh, hungry <laughs> <laughs> and I've been hungry <laughs> see you next time Yay. rest and in peace rest in peace mm. Reese's Pieces <laughs> <laughs> Reese's Pieces Reese's Pieces